Hey guys, my guest tonight is Sabrina Bench, and I are going to be talking about the opioid crisis and how it affects chronic pain patients. In addition, we're going to also discuss how prescriptions have gone down, yet overdoses have gone up. I'll be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, how's everybody doing tonight? My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Let me get my little buttons pushed here. There we go. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need, we can help you. It might take us a couple of days to get to you. California is this huge state, but we will get to you. Okay, we will get to you. Now, if you're watching from Facebook, please be sure to hit that follow button if you like what you see in here tonight. Um, you know, we're always looking. Let me move this over a little bit. We're always looking for followers. And and, and if, if you are watching, be sure to give us a thumbs up, hat, you know, smiley face, hearts, because that puts us up higher in Facebook's FYP where more people see us. And if you, again, if you like what you see, share us around as well. Okay? Uh, YouTube is the same thing. There's, a, there's more than 800 videos sitting over there. YouTube.com forward slash at California House Radio. Um, and... Um, I have them in categories. So if you're if you're in a psychic Nancy, medium Nancy Matz, um, she's over there in her own in her own little folder. Cryptids, UFOs, stories like tonight, you know, things like tonight, that's in the folder as well. Okay. So that being said, um, if you want to find California Haunts and California Haunts Radio, look it up on Google under California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, or, or California Haunts Radio, and you will find us. All right. Okay, just a quick update on the two things that Nancy and I have planned. In honor of Valentine's Day, and I'm going to have that set up tonight after the show, about, give me about an hour after, after I'm off the air, uh, we are going to, she, she is going to be doing psychic readings to help you with your relationships and see if relationships are going for this year. So that's going to be part of our big Valentine's Day thing. And then, kind of continuing last night's show that I did, I'm going to be doing a show on haunted history and talk about more of that stuff. And that's also going to be a pay the event at the meetup. So uh, be on the lookout for those. I'm excited and spots are going to go fast for everything. Okay, tonight's topic. As you guys know, I've been doing a series on the the chronic pain crisis and the opioid crisis. And, you know, I've had my share of issues. My guest tonight, um, Sabrina Bench, has had her share of issues and we're going to get her input on, you know, what, what she's been going through with this as well. Just remember, I'm not a doctor. She's not a doctor. So, this is, you know, we're just going by our own experiences with this stuff. And you'd be surprised, you know, what goes on when you walk into that pain clinic. I know one of the things that they always comment with me is, because I'm always prepared for them to either cut, cut, you know, cut me off or harass me and try and sell, and sell me into the company line stuff, that my blood pressure is always like three times higher than it normally is. Because, I, because I'm just like this going in, you know, just like this. Um, the last time I went was last Thursday. 
And again, the company line, I was told uh, by, I'm not going to say who, but an individual from that particular office that was signing me in and everything, that they were no longer going to make hydrocodone in 2025. And I thought, okay. And then she tried, there's this thing, um, there's this other drug they're trying to get everybody on. It's an opioid, but it's the, it's, it's, it's the drug they give people that are addicted to come off the opioids. And so she says, well, do you want to sign up for this now? And I looked at her and I said, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. So, of course, I get home. I'm on Google. Not one word about it. Because, I mean, if they're ever going to cut, you know, not, not make those pills anymore or distribute them, it'd be all over Google. That's what Google's for, right? So I didn't find anything. When I went to see my regular GP on Friday, I asked her about it. And she knew nothing about it. She never heard word on it or nothing. So it's it, 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 that's one of the tactics they have is, is they like to scare you with the company line so that you'll switch. All right. I've been on the same medication for 13 years and it works for me. It keeps me going and I've been on the same dosage. So I have no issues with it. And, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. And, and, you know, and, and when we'll get more into that and Sabrina again has her own story to tell. So let's bring her on and uh, see what she has to say. Hello. Oh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to have you on. I've been excited all day. <laughs> Tell us about you. Okay. Well, my name's Sabrina. I'm from Louisiana. I'm 42 years old. I've had health problems my entire life, but it's never been to the point where it's completely sort of debilitating me into my 30s. My dad was exposed with the defoliants called Agent Orange in the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of health issues and I have a lot of health issues. And the VA only acknowledges some of it. That's a different podcast. But anyway, I have a lot of spinal issues. And about four years ago, during an ice storm, I fell down the stairs and then hit my head. And I got whiplash. And then everything just went to heck. Everything. My life just completely changed. I went, even though I had health problems before, um, I had scoliosis. I had the degenerative disease in my low back. I still was extremely active. I worked out all the time. I ran for fun. You know, I wish I could do that now. And now I can barely walk. Um, it just completely debilitated me. And it causes domino effect of 11 conditions right now that I have. And I'm waiting to see a neurosurgeon to get some more information. I have osteoarthritis. I have fibromyalgia. The right side of my body goes numb, but it hurts at the same time. And uh, like I'll burn myself. I won't feel it till maybe the next day. And it hurts a lot more than it should. Right. I have scoliosis. It causes my spine to do this, and it's kind of press, starting to press in on my left lung. Um, I have degenerative disc disease in two spots, my low back and my neck. I have bone spurs, stenosis, and I have bulging discs. I have no cartilage in my elbow. I mean, I'm sorry, my shoulder or my wrist, and I have arthritis there. I have nerve damage in my right arm. I can't write anymore. I had to learn to use my left hand. Um I, I had surgery on my ulna nerve right here. It'll be healed in May. It's a, it takes a year to heal from that surgery, by the way. Did not know that when I was getting into it. <laughs> but my life has been completely altered. Like, um, I like to play music. I have a, uh, I have a keyboard and I have two, two guitars. No, I'm sorry, three guitars and a bass. And I can't play any of them. All my hobbies are gone except for reading. So it's been completely life-altering for me in a negative way. And the response I've gotten from the medical community has been quite horrific. It's been quite horrific. I won't lie. Um, I'm going to tell you the emergency room is a last resort for me too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you know, but the emergency room's like. Oh, absolutely. I went in there last time. I went in there. 
it just felt like someone was ripping my face off. My eyeballs were hurting. That's another thing. I can't wear my contact lenses anymore. That's an undiagnosed issue. Oh, that. And, you know, I was having trouble breathing because of my scoliosis. And all they said was, you, you need chronic pain management. And I said, was well, my face okay? Like, is this just a thing I deal with now? <laughs> they didn't really care. And so I just, I just don't go. Like, that's a last resort. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I want to point out, it took me four years to find decent care. And I still feel I'm undermedicated, but I'm deeply appreciate, appreciative. I get 24 Norco tens a month. Wow. So, I mean, I, yeah, and I'm, you don't understand. You probably do. I'm sorry. I'm used to talking yeah. to people. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for them and I make them last as long as possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They've been trying, they tried to taper me a couple of years ago and it just didn't work for me. You know, I just, I tried to taper down to like two a day because I take three, three, I take three Norco a day. And it's just, I, I like you, I have spine problems. I've got, I've got spinal stenosis. I've got bad discs in my back. I've got bone spurs and I do have issues with my feet. I have a walker in my car because when I'm out walking, not all the time, but sometimes my right foot will go to sleep and then the left foot goes to sleep while I'm walking. Mm -hmm. so I have to have a walker to sit down or I'm going to end up on the ground. You know, I've do you, I have to use mobility aids when I go shopping a lot of the time. Um, Cause I've been, having issues with my knees and I have a lot of issues with my left leg and my right foot and it pulls on this posture posture muscle in my back and it just makes it extremely painful or I just can't walk so I'm getting to that point too and I think I need a shower chair in my shower like it's getting to that that situation and I don't know if you have this or not because you look very healthy to me I look pretty healthy don't I yeah it's a big hindrance especially when you're getting to know a new doctor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know I've, I've had like a lot of ill treatment because of the way I look like my, my, I just changed my primary care doctor. He's a godsend, but I have four doctors right now. My old primary care doctor, she literally said there was nothing wrong with me and then screamed at me for wanting to see my orthopedic surgeon. You know, I did all the legwork, called my insurance company, found the doctor. So she didn't have to do it. And she's because I'm like, something's going on here. I know what agony feels like. I've had three organs removed and given birth twice. You know, this is ridiculous. And I found this new doctor here recently, actually, and he found all this new stuff wrong with my neck. I had no idea any of that was going on. And after a couple of visits, he started giving me some medication and the gabapentin for my nerve pain, which is not good for chronic pain. Right, it's great right. for neuropathy, though. It's great for neuropathy. I don't know why they're prescribing it for chronic pain. And also, I'd like to point out, gabapentin is just a, as a, I think gabapentin is more addictive than an opioid. Coming off of it is like coming off alcohol. It plays on the GABA receptors of the brain. And you can have a seizure and pass away if you come off of it. You know, you can have a stroke to uh, your blood pressure will spike and this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Sometimes, because it puts me to sleep, so sometimes I'll take it to sleep at night. But that's about yeah. it. And my memory, it, fo it fogs my brain. So I, I noticed that almost it. immediately. Uh, I felt like I was lobotomized. Oh, yeah. I did. So if I say uh uh in this podcast, it's because of the Gabby Pinton. But yeah, you have to you have to take what you can get, you know, you have to weigh yeah. the good with the bad right. in those right. situations. But with the Gabby Pinton, I stopped taking it probably two years ago and I still had a lot of brain fog. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's the lasting thing. Oh wow. Yeah. Have you ever tried Lyrica? I have not. Okay, I believe that's the precursor to uh, it's pregabalin. It's the precursor to neurot and gabapentin. 
And I took that and it helped a little bit with my nerve pain, but man, it made me hyper as heck and like crazy feeling. I had yeah. mental side effects that I just weren't acceptable for me. It's like, you got to take me off this crap. I don't like it. Don't like you it. Know, that's the thing though. When you look at buprofen uh, or whatever the hell that's called that they're pushing on everybody, there's side effects to all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, And it's bad enough Norco has the side effects that it has. But when you start looking at, the, at this other medication, I mean, some of it, and I've heard there's lawsuits, and I don't know if it's right. Like I said, I'm not an expert at this, just like you aren't. But I've heard that there's standing lawsuits against against the, the, the ibuprofen right now. Really? I know yeah. there's one against Gabby Pinton because it rots your it rots your teeth out. Suboxone is one for rotten teeth. They're writing Suboxone for pain yeah. medication now. Yes, they are. They've tried to push and that on me too. Really? I heard that people are. I heard people are getting methadone, or people are forced to go to methadone clinics because they're not getting any treatment. Yeah. You know, that's um, that's, that's kind of scary. That. And also, I don't know if you've heard this. These doctors, and I'm not necessarily blaming these doctors and nurses because I understand they don't want to go to prison. But right. these new doctors, and studies are showing this, these new doctors, especially in urban areas, are not going to write opioid pain medication if they don't have to. And even for cancer patients, right? you know, they're finding non-narcotic ways to treat chronic cancer pain. Mm -hmm. That's awful. And it's happening mostly in urban areas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, my, my GP doesn't like to get involved with op opioids either, so I'm glad that I still have my pain management guy. Who's 50 miles, who's, who's 25 miles away? It's, it's 50 miles round trip for me. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my doctor is about an hour away. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. for a two minute appointment. How are you yeah. feeling? Is this working? And I've done it. I've done all the physical therapy. Um, they gave me that little shock thing, uh, you know, to, to put on my leg or wherever I'm hurting. But the problem with that is those treatments are like 45 minutes each. I don't have time for that. You know, to sit there and put, put those electrodes on me. But You're I'm talking about the TENS unit? Yeah. Yeah. I have one of those. Yeah. 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 I the have one. They, they help a little bit. Do they? The other thing I find interesting too, you know, like you like, like we're gonna get into talk, you're gonna get into talking about, you know, prescriptions versus overdoses. The other thing I find interesting, I think I lost my train of thought. What was I doing? Oh my god, <laughs> that's one of those days. But yeah, that's how that's from Gabby Pinton a couple years ago. You know, but I just find that I find it interesting to go to the doctor every month because there's always something different that. They're trying to push you into. Mm -hmm. And with me, I've done all the physical therapy. I've done all that stuff. And when they look at my record, you know, everything's done. And the last doctor I had before these guys actually told me flat out, he said, well, it's quality of life for you. So you have to have it, which, which I do. I can't even want my floors if I don't have it. If I, you know, if I don't have the narco, I mean, I can't, you know, you bend right at that certain position. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, my back, you know, but this thing with the opioids, the other doctor I have, which was interesting, I talked about this on the show a couple months ago. I went in one time to see him, and it sounded like a used car salesman. You know, trying to get me to try this and try that and try this and try that and all that and all this. It's just crazy. The whole thing. Research the heck out of anything they're trying to oh, do yeah. to you. Have Have you heard about? Um... How they're trying, they're putting, they are putting people on mental health medications, even terminal children taking them off their opioid medication and putting them on mental health medication. Now, Joke. those medications are extremely dangerous. They're, they're, they, they're not addictive. You become dependent on them like you would, like, because opioids, you can become dependent or addictive. It's two different things. Right, but right. Um, you can't come off those cold turkey. Sometimes once you start taking them, you can't stop taking them. You get the tarda dyskinesia, if I'm saying that correct. 
I've met a girl that has it and her face twitches horribly and she drools on herself. It doesn't stop. I mean, there's a lot liver failure, Depakote, the first six months, you have a risk of liver failure. I mean, there's just all kinds of things. They cause horrible yeah. weight gain. And then in, oh, in yeah. kids, they call, they can cause someone to unalive themselves. Remember the Paxil incident? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we can't trust these manufacturers necessarily to tell us what's going to happen with these drugs either. That's right, from, right. we can, we learned that from the past. I, I just don't think children that aren't mentally ill don't need to be on these medications. If you aren't mentally ill, you don't need to be on an antipsychotic either. They're doing that no. as well. No, uh, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't understand that. The other thing I so interesting that I was going to say was that there's supposed to be a study out there that I don't know who did it, but there, there's questions about question marks about whether or not the opioids actually take your pain away. And I was like, what? Yes, they do. That's what they're trying to push now is say that they actually don't take your pain away. It's all in your head. Well, even if it's in your head, it's still taking the pain away. I mean, doesn't it act on opioid receptors in the brain? So I, I really don't know. Like you said, I'm not an expert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, I've been taking the same dose for over 13 years. Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've never varied or any of this. Yet when you go in to see these guys, you're, it's always like you're 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 being eyeballed. You know, it's always like you're you're the criminal because you're you're having to take this medication. I understand what you mean by feeling like a criminal. I always feel like a criminal, like they think I'm trying to put one over on them. And I'm not telling the truth about my stuff. I've always, I, I feel like that a lot. I know what you mean. The criminal aspect of it. It's like they've made chronic pain patients public enemy number one. Right, right. right. In my opinion. And three. Oh, yeah. And the unalive rate in this community has skyrocketed to 400%. Over 400%. And that's just, and I believe it too. And then in some some countries, they're euthanizing us now. It, we the, the, the euthanasia laws for my state are pretty strict, but uh -huh. it's just a matter of time, I feel. I mean, yeah. in, some, in Canada, they're, they're, they'll euthanize you before treating you. You know, because Canada is experiencing the same issues we are with the chronic pain community not getting treatment. Right, right, right. You know, right. and I'd like to point out that um, prescription rates for chronic pain has dropped 44%. Right. And then they cut back uh, an additional nine, I believe. And the DEA is going to do an additional 20% cut in manufacturing of opioids. So how is the, op this is not an opioid uh, crisis. This is an illicit fentanyl crisis. It's yeah. literally not prescription pills doing this. And they're going, what they're trying to do, the DEA, the government, they're trying to make it look like they're doing something mm -hmm. to appease the people when they're actually making both situations worse. They're making it a living nightmare for us. They're putting doctors in prison for taking care of their patients. And what they're doing is they're allowing this illicit fentanyl, whether I don't, they might not be allowing, let me take that out. But okay. this illicit fentanyl is flooding the streets and killing our, our family, our children, our friends. And there's no, I know in my area, there's not really any resources at all for these mm -hmm. people. You know, I believe that uh, we have a $40 billion budget and a lot of it just goes to incarceration. Right, right. So the the and then I've been hearing that people in chronic pain will go to the streets. I've never done right. it personally, but they'll go to the streets. And I understand out of desperation, you know. And then they end up dying or getting addicted to fentanyl, and it's illicit yeah. fentanyl. It's not prescription yeah. fentanyl. Due to this prohibition and these cutbacks, anesthesiologists are having issues getting prescription fentanyl to put their patients to sleep for surgery. That's what right. they used on me. Right. And so it's causing yeah. negative yeah. effects for legitimate 
people and legitimate, you know, legitimate chronic pain patients, medical professionals, and it's hurting the SUD community as well. They're not fixing nothing. They're causing more problems. If I know this, they have to know this. I don't know what the end game is. Right, right. Because, you know, it's one thing to try and fix it. But what they did was they put everybody under the same umbrella. And that was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and, and so the people that really need it, like you and I, we're, we're well, I mean, I'm not suffering because I've, I've been getting it pretty much every month. You know, I've been fortunate. But there's people like you and I that are, are having to go to the streets and buy this stuff because you're in so much pain or they commit suicide. That's the other thing. The suicide rates, like you say, because they're in such pain. You know? I understand. And I, I want to be completely honest. I was at a point where I was just in a bad place. You know, I really just didn't want I could, I felt like I was in the dark ages dying on a mat somewhere. And, you know, I just, I like no one cared. And this is on my 100% honest. Like, I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. I was so tired. It's so tired. And then I found a community on TikTok. That might sound silly, but I did. And there's a lot of us on there. And like, it's like, oh, I'm not alone. Because you're, you get really lonely when you have all these issues. Yes. Your life becomes very small. And so I met this whole community of people that are going through exactly what I'm going through. They're collectivizing, you know, they're trying, uh, the doctor patient forum, as you know, Claudia is trying to get a lobbyist and yep. I believe she just helped pass some law in Rhode Island. That's going to protect chronic pain patients. So we are doing our best. Like I never thought I would be speaking on chronic pain in my life. You know, the government made me, they created all the steps that led for me to be right here talking to you. Right, right, right. And I want to point out too, even with pain medication, you still have pain. Like you're talking about mopping yeah. your floor. I can't do that. I can't fold laundry either. Like I have to get, I take my, get my mother my laundry to fold or I hire someone to do it. I hire someone to clean my house too. I can pick up and stuff and throw laundry in the washer and dryer. Sometimes I can't, but like I can't sweep or mop or vacuum or nothing really, you know, clean the bathroom, nothing like that. I can like before I said I can't write. I learned to write with my left hand. If I use my right hand, there's this, nerve in my shoulder blade that just feels like it's being crushed and my shoulder blade will swell up and i'll actually end up in the hospital for riding and i have no idea what that is i still haven't got a diagnosis on that um because the healthcare system's kind of took me four years just to get an mri mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and i can't work either right right my body's not it's not i'm dependable my body's not dependable and right. I have turned down jobs that I was very upset to have to turn. I'm talking about careers. I, ca I, I can't do it. I'm in too much pain, even with the medication I have, which I'm extremely grateful for. Right. I can't do much. It just, it takes the edge off to where I can comfortably sit down and hang out with my child, pick her up without her hurting. Um, just that kind of stuff. I was able to go grocery shopping without being completely debilitated, stuff like that. It's not like I'm out running the roads doing this. I still don't have a normal life. Well, I know my constant pain is usually you know, between one and ten. I'm either a six or a seven, and that's mm -hmm. what pain pills are supposed to do. They're not supposed to, for, you know, from my research and looking through stuff, they're not supposed to totally take your pain away. They're supposed to make it livable to where you can function. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's yeah. what you hope to be. But if they keep cutting people back to where maybe you're taking one or two a day or whatever, like they were trying to like put me in the two a day when I'm so active, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, you know, I just ended up on the couch. May I ask you something? When sure. you first started this journey, did you go through a grieving process for your old life? I did. Okay. A lot, did. I've been hearing, I've, I'm going through that right now. I'm just getting over the anger stage. But like, I was curious if you went through that and how long did it take you to get out of it? 
took me about a year to come out of it because mm -hmm. I, because I was athletic. Mm -hmm. I hiked, I fished, I did all this stuff, and riding bikes, you know, and doing all that stuff. And I sure as hell can't ride a bike now, you know. And I, I can't walk as far as I used to walk, and that frustrates me, you know. So I, I still get frustrated, even to this day, because of I did not plan on my life to be like this, <laughs> you know, to have yeah. to have pain pills to even get up in the morning and function, you know. And I think it's and I, you know, and like you say, these younger doctors that are coming up. Or you get a doctor, the majority of the doctors that you're getting have never experienced chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So they have no clue what you're going through. That's why they can sit there and go, well, yeah, taper down, it's all good, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, it's not. You don't understand. You don't understand what that pain actually feels like. You know, they don't. Epsom salt, salt bass ain't going to cut it. Epsom salt does nothing. I use magnesium chloride, it does work better. But yeah. I mean, you still need, I, I, and the thing is, people always are like, well, you need to try alternatives. Honey, I have, if you know something I haven't tried, let me know. I mean, there are some that help like castor oil. People talk about that all the time. That's the reason I can open my right hand again. I mean, wow. but, so that's a benefit turmeric. I take that at night. Uh, it helps with my arthritis and inflammation, but like, I still need medication on top of it. So, I mean, it's not like I don't try other things. I've spent a right. lot of money trying other things. Right. And Tylenol don't cut it. If it did, yeah. I wouldn't be at the doctor, you know, or I wouldn't be laying in bed all day. Well, this is what I try to tell people, the difference between Tylenol and hydrocodone. You know, Tylenol, when you take it, when I take it, when I end up taking it, it's, it's the big pills, you know, the, the highest I can get. But it takes over, it's like 45 minutes to 60 minutes before you even feel anything with it. You know, before you start feeling good. When you can take mm -hmm. a hydrocodone and within 15 minutes, you're out doing what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all fine and dandy. The other thing I find appalling about all this and what's happening now is these people that are getting major surgeries and they send them home with Tylenol and that's it. Yes, I'm glad you touched on that. I wanted to touch on that. Have you heard of the No Pain Act? I have not. I just learned about this last night. Okay, this is strictly for Medicare and Medicaid patients for right, right now. What they're doing is they're doing separate payments to the hospitals for doing non-opioid pain medication therapies for outpatient surgeries. And they want this implemented everywhere in 2025. So it's just going to get worse. And yeah. I guarantee the people making these legislations have access to proper care. Right. I have no doubt if they got hurt, they would be getting a pain pill. Instead, they're going to cut open on somebody and then not give them anything. Uh, I saw one woman on TikTok. It was horrific. This little old lady, she was had open heart surgery, begging for pain. They gave her IV Tylenol, a Lyrica, and I believe a Clodipin. And she's begging and she's like, have some compassion. And the doctor said, ma'am, I broke every single one of your ribs. You need to calm down or you're going to hurt yourself. So what the heck is going on here? Oh, yeah. I've heard people that have gotten uh, back surgery, you know, with the rods and all that, and they send them home with Tylenol. I mean, uh -uh. I mean, what is the world? You know, what, what what are they thinking? I, I don't get. I don't get where the mindset is. And you're right; it's people making these laws that have their full medical coverage, and they're mm -hmm. getting what they need. So they have no concept. And the press has a lot to do with it too. The press only looks at one part of this. You know, mm -hmm. very seldom do you find a story written in a newspaper or a magazine where they talk about. The pain patient, what the pain patient goes through. And You're right. Through. And that's what You're makes right. it so bad too. That's why I like doing these shows because it brings awareness. You know, I have well, I'm glad you're doing the show. And I, I want to check out the, the haunting stuff too, the supernatural stuff you talk about. That's kind of cool to me too. 
So, so you got a fan right here for life. And I'm awesome. so glad you're able to, I'm so glad your medicine allows you to get up and do this kind of stuff. This is your life. You know, this is your life, your world. You deserve yeah. some type of peace and happiness. And I feel the yeah. same way. Like my life was just so altered, completely altered. Yeah, I just can't changes. express enough how bad I hate it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your life changes, you know, and I have a tendency, I can't remember if I said it or not, but I do have a walker. Because my feet will go, I got neuropathy in my feet, and they will go asleep out from under me. Is that so from I the stenosis? I don't know, because I also have heart failure. So it could be from the blood pressure. Okay. You know, the blood pressure meds. So it could be either, either, because it really didn't start until after I started getting blood pressure meds. Okay. So it okay. That, that, that's dipping too low or something. Because I've never had a problem, you know, with the medicine at all. I mean, I was laughing the other day because I, I got Zyfaxin, because, you know, uh, the, the narco causes like like constipation and all that stuff. It, it, can, it can go either way, the IBS. And I thought it was kind of humorous because I found out from my GP that the original use for Zyfaxin was for to help people that had bad livers. And really? They realized, they realized it worked for IBS and traveler's diarrhea and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just kind of laughed and I said, well, gee, that's going to help me with the, with the hydrocodone. <laughs> you know, to keep, it from, <laughs> keep it from eating my liver. You know, that's really yeah. You know, but well, yeah, they're yeah. you know how they're worried about um ODs and like health effects from the opioids. Right. Like the health effects are going to be just as bad, if not worse, from these alternative treatments, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And do you remember tramadol when it came out? It was an alternative to an opioid, and they eventually ended up yeah. classifying as. I remember the first time I took it, I was in college, and I got got it from the dentist. I even asked for a non-opioid, you know, and. Right. I got it and I was high as a kite and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I got it. I, you know, I was like, I thought this was non-narcotics. I mean, there's going right. to be that type of stuff out there too. Just throwing that out there. Tramadol is a good pain medication though. It actually is. I took it for mm -hmm. years before I started taking hydrocodone. Yeah. I got, I had it for a little bit after my surgery and I liked it a lot. The only yeah. thing I didn't like was having to eat with it, you know, cause you, you've always taken a pill. You got to have a sandwich or something, or I would have a piece of bread where with the narco, <laughs> you don't have to the narco. Plopping it in and off you go. Yeah, you know? yeah. But like you, I have been through all that. I've done all the physical therapy they've asked me to do. Um, they wanted to give me those those silly injections, and I had those done, like at the beginning of this whole pain thing, and they didn't work. And plus, with heart failure, I can't lay on my stomach. So okay. I have trouble breathing on my stomach, so I can't do the injections. But I have done everything, and that's what I tell them when I go in there when they start pushing this stuff on me. You know, hey, I've jumped through your hoops. I've done all that stuff been there done that so stop bothering me you know i'm not going to say how old i am but i'm old enough to go look i probably have a good 15 20 years anyway leave me alone mm -hmm. you know stop bugging me but so I mean, may i ask how many shots you've had i've had like uh 20 shots oh more than me oh wow you beat me i thought i was going to win that one back in the early days yeah and then about I 10 years ago, I had 10 in my, I had eight in my back and two in my SI joints and then they did nothing. And then when I was in my twenties, I had, I think it was Botox shots in my ribs for my nerve stuff. It worked amazing. It worked. That stuff worked great. I didn't have cross still really don't have issues with it. I don't know what they did, but the back shots, they were completely worthless. Oh yeah. And a lot of those shots are, are illegal in Europe. I read about that too. Yes, because I'm I got to to an intravenous pain doctor, and he is going to be looking at my my 
mid to upper back my neck and my low back and he said it's too dangerous for him to work on my my upper back and neck area but uh, he's supposed to be looking at my low back and i started looking into these shots and i said well they're not even approved in some of these countries well, guess what else is and have you ever taken toradol no i've never taken okay <clears throat> toradol is like a prescription inset in a way now, I've been prescribed it when they don't want to do a narcotic at the walk-in clinic or the hospital. And it right. actually does help in conjunction with the muscle relaxer. You know, it really does take the edge off. But the thing is, you can't take it for more than five days. I got a prescription. Uh, the, the last time I went to the hospital, they gave me a prescription of Toradol. And I went home and Googled it. Dear, dear God. Okay, after five days of just taking your medication, your stomach and or intestines will rip open and bleed. Okay, your kidneys will shut down. This is why this medication is illegal in most countries, but they're more willing to write me this dangerous prescription than a safe FDA approved opioid because I do get stomach bleeds. I even told them that. I don't know why they gave me and I don't know why they gave it to me. You know, it's, it, that medication ter terrifies the heck out of me now. The other thing that I found, too, with these, these pain management doctors, and I know it's not their fault. You know, they're under a lot of pressure. They're afraid to get arrested and all this is going on. But it's like every time a new drug comes on it's always push 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 to get the patients on this new drug and then like you say they don't look at the side effects mm -hmm. until people start suing you know like losing their teeth and whatnot and mm -hmm. it's the thing with it because i think they're i think deep down a lot of these doctors want to treat you but they but they're afraid they're afraid to treat you and that's i why agree when these new when these new hot drugs come along like buprofen you know, and everything else like that. That's why they're pushing them on everybody. Now, is the buprofen, if I'm saying that right, is that the one that you were discussing earlier that is for, that people use to get off opioids? Yes. Okay. I read yeah. about that last night. I was like, how do I pronounce that word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm just, I, 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 I've been standing my own. I've really been holding my own with the doctors. How long it's going to last, who knows? You know, because they, they, they don't like sending me out for Norco, but I mean, it's, it's a thing that works. And like I told them, I've been doing, like I said, 13 years I've been taking it. I've never varied my um, my dosage. I'm on the same dosage I've been on for the, for all those years. I don't yeah. want anything else. I don't want anything yeah. else. But I did do Tramadol. You know, Tramadol really, um, I was in so much pain and not realizing what was wrong with me. But then when I did get Tramadol, it was a huge relief. You know, to be able to walk around. That's what people don't understand is that and that's not what's being conveyed to the public is that for people that have chronic pain, imagine you break your leg and you don't have anything for it and you're in pain all the time. That's what it's like for people with chronic pain. And, you know, again, it's like the doctors that haven't had chronic pain, they don't get it and the public doesn't get it. They don't get the, what chronic pain does to people. The, the public thinks this is an opioid crisis. Yeah. And yeah. it's not. Now, there was one at a time i will admit that but that's it's been repaired as far as i'm concerned because um the, i have it written down right here the rates for overdose have dropped 56 percent since 2007 okay from 2007 to 2020 the rate of overdoses for prescription opioids has dropped 56 percent wow so i mean it's not us doing it no. It's, and I get why the public is scared before I got hurt because I didn't really need opioids, maybe periodically because I took right. very good care of myself. I loved working out. Oh, I loved it. I did it for hours a day. I loved it. Oh, I, I miss too. it so much. I mean, anyway, 
anyway, um, I agreed with the public too. I just I thought it was people just abusing drugs. I said, oh, they're making it to where real chronic pain patients can't get care. Da, 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 da. I had no idea like illicit fentanyl, anything like that. I, you know, and when I got into this community involuntarily got put into this community, I started doing my research and you know, because I'm getting treated so horribly just horribly by some of these people and uh i was like well hey it doesn't look like it's us doing it it looks like it's illicit fentanyl because you have the the rate of prescriptions are dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping they have been since 2016 since the cdc released the guidelines they're not laws they're guidelines okay but anyway um they keep dropping and dropping but yet illicit fentanyl overdoses are at a record high they're over a hundred thousand a year yeah. So yeah. what they're doing is not working. And so, no. and then you have someone and no offense to jelly roll, the rapper, um, right. no, but he goes in front of Congress and he talks about fentanyl doesn't put a listen in it. Right. And then, you know, discusses prescription pain medication. And I, I appreciate what he's trying to do. It seems like he was really trying to help, but what he, in my opinion, this is my opinion. He, he hurt the chronic pain community a great deal and the SUD community a great deal because you cannot arrest your way out of this situation. Right. Look right. at past prohibitions. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Instead of putting all this money towards incarceration, let's get these people some help and let's get us some help too. We're not SUD patients. Please, like you said, we're under the SUD umbrella mm -hmm. automatically. Can you imagine having a kidney disease and then being treated by, you know, based on a diabetics health plan? Well, you have kidney, but we got to treat you like this diabetic right here. It doesn't make any sense. It's pure madness as far. And I agree that there's a lot of doctors out there that want to treat. They're afraid. And a lot of them are the older doctors, the newer doctors. They're they're towing the, the party line, as you'd say, you know. Yep, 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 um, yep, yep. And they really are locking up old, old people, old, you know, doctors for treating their patients. And these, yeah. some of these patients are very sick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, what's I'll go me, on. What scared me about it, you know, I mean, I've always, you, you're always signing that DEA form, you know, when, when you start a new pharmacy. I was with Costco for years, and then I had to transfer out of Costco because of my coverage. And I remember I went to CVS to pick up my, this is before they really cracked down, you know, where people actually had them in stock. And, and I remember I said, well, do I have to fill anything out? And he says, oh, no, you're on, you know, you're on, you're on the DEA's record. We got it right here. I'd never been in that CVS before. It freaked me out. Yeah. Thought, the monitoring. Oh, yeah, the monitoring. There's a DEA number on the bottom of every prescription since the Affordable Health Act, before Affordable Health Care Act took place. And I'm not speaking politically about nothing. I'm just saying that's right, what happened. Right, right, yeah. right. right. And so we are being tracked. And I read recently that they're making a list of disabled people in Florida. Like, why do you need a list of us? You know, I don't like all the monitoring. I don't trust the government with my health care. Right. I agree. I don't trust them. I, and they have to know this prohibition they're doing is not working. They have to. I know. And there's people that are smarter than me that know. I just, right. they want to look like they're doing something. Right. And some of them might actually think they're doing good. I don't know. I don't know. If these, I think Jelly Roll thought he was. Right. I really I do. do. I do. The other thing that people don't realize is that we have to sign a contract with pain management that lasts a year. You know, you can't get you can't get pain pills from anybody else without mm -mm. getting permission. If you go into surgery, they have to call your pain management to get permission, assuming they give you anything. You know, because they're not yeah. That, that's if they do. Yeah. You have to get permission. They have to get permission from 
your pain management to give you the medication. And that's a lot of what people aren't realizing is going on as well. I mean, that's what you don't hear about the media. You also, they also don't hear about the pill counts, you know, where they can call you in for a pill count anytime. You know, mm-hmm. you have to take your pills and let them count it, or or for that urine test. You know, you that they can call you anytime for that to test you. And there's also false positives on those urine tests. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people get hold of me saying, "Hey, you know what? They're they're throwing me out of the clinic because I had a false positive, and all I took was this, and it's a non-opioid, and it showed up as an opioid." Mm-hmm. Wow, it's like they're it's like we're on probation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what that, 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 the way you said that, I felt like I was on probation. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when now what saw, other, what other, what other diseases are monitored like ours? You know? Right. I mean, okay, you get dependent on your blood pressure medication, you get dependent on your antidepressants. You know, this, there, there's a difference between dependency and a psychological addiction. Like you're dependent on your medication, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. you coming off of it and getting sick is not the same as an addict coming off of it and getting sick. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Absolutely, and, yeah. Yeah, and also one thing, I, when I had, I had a conversation with my doctor right before I had my surgery. This was with my orthopedic surgeon. And I said, listen, I want to be able to come to you in confidence if I feel like I'm having, because at this point I didn't realize I was going to need these medications the rest of my life. I didn't, I didn't want to take them, nothing like that. So I was really like, okay, when can I get off this stuff? And uh, I said, listen, I want to come to you and be able to tell you if I feel like I'm getting addicted to something. And then this might sound crazy. I even called a rehab and made sure they took my insurance just in case. (laughs) Yeah, just in case I did like some personal steps to make sure I was good. But at the time I didn't realize I was going to be on these. Like my, my current doctor, he said, you're going to be on this for the rest of your life. This this type of medication just to do not even basic things just to, just to, just to be able to like get up and sit and sit up and smile. Like I feel like you're human again for the first time in four years. Yeah. Like I actually feel like getting up and laughing and joking and I can pick up the house a little bit. I can play with my daughter. I also take care of both of my disabled parents. So I have a lot on my plate. Right. Right, I, right. I don't get to lay around the house that often at all, maybe yeah. on the weekends, you know, but yep. I'm normally up doing something, whether I'm in pain or not, because it has to be done. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And I remember yeah. when, they were, when they pushed physical therapy and I said, and I, at that point, I was taking care of my, my mother. And I was lifting her up and doing all the, you know, like you're doing. And, you know, and I looked at them and I said, do you know what I do during the day? I don't need physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm doing it, and you know, I'm going about my business now. When you started with all this, and you mentioned that you know, that that you were kind of tapered down on on your opioid, or you're not taking quite as many. Did they ask you to taper down, or did you do it voluntarily? No, they just okay. This is what happened uh, after I had my surgery. I was on Ultram for several months, and then they just cut me off cold turkey, nothing. And then I went several, several, several months without any medication at all. Like I was, uh, I was taking 300 milligrams of Gabby Pinton a day and that was it. And then I found this new doctor and he started helping me out a great deal. So they, I didn't get tapered off or anything. Okay. 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 No taper. And then, uh, um, I have done physical therapy about 14 or 15 times the past four years. So I, I put in my dues. I paid my dues mm-hmm. and I've tried the medical marijuana and it helped it does take the edge off better than a Tylenol. I'll give it that, but it's personally not for me. Um, it makes me depressed and lazy and I want to eat everything in the house. 
<laughs> you know, like I'll eat everything. Yeah. Mm -mm. So it's just not for me. Maybe every now and then it would be okay. And it's super expensive where I'm at too. Like insurance doesn't cover it. And I don't have that kind of money. I don't work. Right. So, I mean, right. I can't afford it anyway, but right. I do have a prescription. I just don't use it. I don't get it filled. So I have tried alternative methods. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done the physical therapy. I've tried walking it off. I've tried manifesting it away. I've been anointed at church. I prayed. I did the positive notes everywhere. Just be positive. I mean, that toxic positivity can get to you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But uh, there's a way to be positive without being toxic. I've learned that because I we were talking earlier about the sta the stages of grieving. Mm -hmm. I went through the the denial stage for a while, and I hurt myself repeatedly because like you're very active, me too, and I'm not used to just sitting there watching TV. I'm right. a naturally hyperactive person, and being trapped in this body is a nightmare right now. And so I I would like I would just walk it off, or I'd stretch it off, or I'd do this, and I would hurt myself tremendously. And I learned the hard way to just sit still. And be calm and it, i'm getting used to it now and then i went through the anger stage like why me why right, me right and that's when i got in my worst depressive stage um too like i just i'm gonna be honest i just didn't know if i wanted to be here anymore like i was so miserable i mean i was in, like my whole body was just ever my left leg was just wrapped in pain and no one i feel like no one cared i'm not talking about my family but like you know the medical community and also one thing i like to point out you really find out who your friends are when you get in these situations yeah. Yes. And it's not like I don't really have much of a social life. The, the Internet's my social life and my immediate family who are absolutely amazing. I have an amazing support system, even though my parents are both chronically ill and disabled. Like they love me very much and they're concerned about me. And my my boyfriend, he's very you know supportive. He helps with our baby and this and that. You know, he, he's always trying to buy stuff to make me feel better you know, this and that. So, I mean, I have a really good support system right now, which is from what I'm hearing is kind of rare in this community, actually, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm not going to complain about that. I, I do miss my friends though. Do I do have, miss them. When you go to refill your medications, have you had any problems with getting them? No, but I have been at the, my pharmacy. This is when the, the cutbacks were at the worst. And uh, my cousin had surgery and she was not able to get her medication filled. My aunt put off her hip replacement because of no medication. I was in the pharmacy waiting for something and I saw two elderly people walk in trying to get their pain medication filled and they didn't have it at the time. And my mother's was delayed and her blood pressure went to 172 over 132 and her heart started beating funny and she had to go to the hospital due to unmanaged pain. So, I mean, it hasn't, it's affected me personally through my mother, but I've never had an issue getting it filled, but I see where pharmacists actually refuse to fill them now too, even if they have the medication at Walgreens and CVS. Mm -hmm. I've been hearing a lot about that. Mm -hmm. They got sued in the opioid crisis because they were allegedly involved. I don't, I don't know how, but, and now I believe they're getting sued for not filling the prescriptions. Sounds about right. I'm not going to say which pharmacy it was, but I remember and what, what I didn't like was that when the prescription would go into this, this, this pharmacy, They'd wait a week and then they'd send you the email going, oh, guess what? We don't have it. We don't know when we're going to get it. I mean, they could have told me this up front so I could start making phone calls and figure out where the hell I could go. Mm -hmm. You know, and not wait that week. And in the meantime, too, we go through, you know, being chronic pain patients and having to rely on the drug. We go through um, withdrawals just like, just like anybody else. And it's scary. People don't realize how the skin crawls and all that. And I remember when they were talking about getting me off of them and tapering me 
and they were gonna they were gonna do it outpatient from from the from the, the clinic. And I said, you know what? I've got heart failure. If you're gonna do this, you're gonna have to put me in the hospital, so somebody can keep an eye on me when I'm coming down off it. You know, but it is. I'm not saying it's a wicked world, but it, we're caught in this never-ending circle of, okay, are we going to get them? Are we not? You know, and and the poor. And I do. I feel for the doctor. Like I said, I feel for the doctors and nurses, because it's not their fault. It's like anything else. There's good and there's bad. You get good doctors, mm-hmm. you get bad doctors, and it's just a hodgepodge. And every time, like I was supposed to change uh, pain management doctors this year. And I thought, oh God, here we go. Who am mm-hmm. I going to find? But I ended up staying. It's scary changing doctors, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. No, you know, and there's, and I know, like pain clinic before this one, I left because they had completely. You know, the guy, I don't know if they got sued or what happened, but they were no longer doing pain pills at all. It was all physical therapy. How is that a pain clinic then? Yeah. Because physical therapy is supposed to take your pain away. Well, it, it physical physical therapy can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I won't I won't lie, it did help me. It did. Like occupational therapy helped me, but like I'm I'm nowhere near functional. Right. I'm nowhere near functional. I if I got up and walked around and did some stuff, you would be able to see it. One of the, I think it's a blessing and a curse looking healthy. Mm-hmm. It, it is. really is. It really it is. is. But. This is the cross I have to bear and you have to bear, I guess, you know, I really, I really am hoping that that us getting this type of stuff out there is going to change some minds. Cause like I said, before I, before I started this journey, I bought into the media too. Yeah. I bought into it hook, line and seeker. Even after uh, I had my surgery, I was still buying into that propaganda and I was terrified. I didn't get addicted to anything. You know, I didn't go out to the streets and do no. I laid in bed and suffered and cried and tried holistic things that everyone recommended on the Internet. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Now, other people might go to the streets, but not me. I'm terrified of that stuff. I don't want to take anything with illicit fentanyl in it. Well, I remember mm-hmm. when all this started for me and I, I was a newspaper reporter. There was a lot of walking involved and the, the paper I worked for was on a hill and I was covering a parade. And I guess I look so bad because you pinch nerves and all that going on. I guess I look so bad pe- that people were offering me chairs to sit in. Oh, I was having so much trouble walking. But, but you know, and then when I did eventually get the, the get, get the uh, tramadol, it's big difference in life. You know, because you're not hurting as bad and all that. You know, total change mm-hmm. of personality. But I mean, without them, like I said, I can't function. There's just there's not going to be any functioning for me. It doesn't matter. I've done meditation. I've done all that stuff, you know, to, to, to try and say, okay, this is working. I don't need to be on these things anymore. It's not going to happen. But you're right. People don't realize the actual news about this stuff because they're all getting one-sided with the media. You're getting your, all your information from the DEA, the CDC, and the media. And yeah. there's a lot of money being funded into these non-opioid treatments, too. Um, have you heard of the back stimulators, the spine yes. stimulators? Yes. I've heard horror stories about those. Um, there's one man I was speaking with. He's His blew up in his back, and he's suing them for $125 million, I believe, is what he told me. And 
I've heard a lot of stories about them malfunctioning and blowing up in the back and stuff. Uh, I'm not getting one if they ever push that on me. I don't want yeah, nothing like that in my body. I'm not either. Nope. Not not at all. In fact, when they were kind of leaning towards that, I was just like, nope. I'll go somewhere else if I have to, but I'm not going to deal with that stuff. Now, one thing I've really been looking into, have you heard of the stem cell treatments? I have not. Tell me about them. Okay. Um, it actually sounds pretty promising. They use your own stem cells. It takes about 90 minutes. I'm not pretty sure exactly how it works, but it takes six weeks and you start really feeling better. And this is for like knee pains, you know, all kinds of like my orthopedic doctor said I'm a perfect candidate. But here's the catch. One of my friends quote was $32,000. <gasps> wow. I could sell everything I have a value and probably have to take out a loan. <laughs> I mean, but I'm so desperate. I probably would just right. to get better, just, just to get, get better. That's right. And see, like, that's something that's really interesting to me, but it's it's really out of reach. It's out of reach for a lot of us. A lot of us aren't able to work and we don't have any money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can't afford $32,000 to get better. Right. Right. I really do wish that insurance would cover those types of things because I feel like, yes, yeah, a big upfront cost, but over time you'd save money because I go, the, I see four doctors. I'm about to have another one. I'm about to have five. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But yeah. That's something that's real exciting. And I'm hoping in the future it becomes more available to us. That's something well, that's, that's real exciting. That's and it's opioid free. It's opioid yeah. free. Awesome. Yeah, so do you think they'd be pushing that? That actually works. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a lot of the problem too with with the the, the the medical society, you know, health society we have here, is everything's so expensive. Mm -hmm. No matter what, I mean, there's people that go get their teeth pulled in Mexico, or 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 or, or South America somewhere because then they, they can get a tooth extraction or or a crown or whatever, and it's not even close to what it costs here. Yeah. Yeah, sad. I've heard I've heard of people going to Turkey for dental work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's just so expensive. You know, and I, I know yeah. a lot of, like you say that like that particular thing because it's new and it's out there and they're gonna charge uh, the you know up the wazoo for it because it is new and it's it's, it's a new shiny object. You Have you heard of the new uh, sickle cell treatment? No, I haven't heard of any of those. Okay, well, they have a new sickle cell treatment that's supposed to be amazing, but guess what the cost is? Two million dollars. Oh yeah. Like who in there? Who can afford that? And I've heard sickle cell is a pretty awful disease. Yeah. Like extremely painful. So there's yeah. there's a couple of options, but they're out of reach, and probably will be for a while. Just saying. So in the meantime, until we find something else, we need these FDA approved opioid medications that were designed for people like me and people like right. you and people yeah. like my parents. And my dad yeah. is a disabled war veteran. He's a literal war hero and he gets treated like crap by the VA. Like I had, okay, when I started taking over his care, cause he can't hear, he can't really, you know, I have to do all the communication. Right. Um, his doctor was in the process of tapering off his pain medication. He has skin cancer from the Agent Orange exposure. His back is crumbling from the Agent Orange exposure. He got shot and he's missing muscle. That's all of it's painful. Individually, it's painful. And then they were weaning him off. I said, the heck you are. Yeah. You know, and so I got him, got him back 45, uh, 45 pills a month. Then I got it bumped to 60. And I... I feel he deserves more, to be honest. I think he's under-medicated. He's 76. Where he, Who cares if he gets addicted, which I don't think he does because I don't even think he has a dependence on him, to be honest. Right, right, right. But 
I mean, if they're treating our, our war heroes this way, our veterans, I mean, how is everyone else getting treated? Sometimes I think the veterans get treated worse than us. Right. Especially right. when it comes to pain management. I really do. But that's a different right. podcast, huh? <laughs> but I mean, that's what, that's, that's what we have to bring out. That's why I want to do shows like this, to get that information out. Because again, the public doesn't really realize what's going on unless they're, they're in pain management, they have to go through it. You know, with the mm -hmm. And stuff because they don't realize how chronic pain patients are treated. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like I said, my blood pressure goes up every time I go to that stupid chronic pain clinic because I know it's going to be a, a, a tug of war between me and the doctor. So I can keep my pain. I hate that. I hate that for you. Really, that breaks my heart. You know. And then I finally found a pharmacy. I'm not going to say what it is, but I finally found a pharmacy that will get stuff in stock so I don't have to stress over that. I use a, a, a mom and pop pharmacy uh -huh. and I don't have any issues with them. Now I do have issues with my insurance paying for my medication. They want a PA to get it filled. And uh, so I just ended up having to pay for it myself, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. I don't know right. why my insurance company feels I don't need it when they know I have all these health problems. Right. So there's all these hurdles. There is like hoops. They're on fire too. We have to jump through all of them in a perfect manner to make right. sure that we get our pain medication. And if one of these hoops, we don't drop through it, then we're done. And that could be the pharmacy because apparently pharmacists are getting in trouble now too. Yeah. And, so and then there's a Narcan score and I'm not very familiar with that, but I'm sure you have one. I'm sure I have one. Um, and like you said, also you can't go to another pharmacy. It looks like your pharmacy shopping or whatever that's called. Um, but I like my mom and pop pharmacy. I personally have had no issues, but I've witnessed a couple of people with issues. Right. Because right. of the shortages. Right. I think in California, the pharmacy thing, I think you can only change, the, as far as the opioids are concerned, you're only allowed to change one pharmacy a year. So mm -hmm. if you don't like the pharmacy you're at, you know, you just have one more that you can choose for that year, and then you gotta, you got to stick with it. Wow. That, that's one. a lot of freedom, isn't it? Yeah, otherwise you're shopping, right? You're shopping. Yeah. You know? I just, uh, I feel like we're being so restricted. We're Like you said, we're being treated like criminals. Yes, we are. Like we can't be trusted. Yeah. Now, I understand there was an opioid prescription crisis at one time. But that's over with. That was illicit fentanyl. And there can be responsible treatments for chronic pain patients. And we could compassionately care for these SUD patients as well. We can both be treated with compassion. Just individual right. care needs to be assessed. Right, right, right. Now, I heard the CDC lacks their guidelines a little bit, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be followed because these doctors have been terrorized mm -hmm. into writing minimal opioids or no opioids at all. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they made a really good... They did a really good job of making sure these doctors didn't write them, but they're not doing a really good job of letting these doctors know, hey, these these... Policies have been lax now. You know, you can right. write a little bit more. You can be, da, 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 you know, they haven't done anything like that. So there might be some change coming. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, especially with Jelly Roll going in front of Congress, I'm like, well, we got a, we got a, a big hill we have to climb Yeah. before we get to where we need to be. This just seems yeah. like we're, I'm, we're screaming in the wind sometimes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This hour yeah. went by. Thank you so it much. It did. I had yeah. so much fun. Thank you so much and for, and for making that, those really good points, you know, so that everybody understands what's going on. Because, again, that's what needs to happen are meetings like this so people can hear it. 
Well, I thank you for having me on, and I really, I really wish you well on your journey. I wish you well as well. Stay in touch. I plan, I plan to, and I plan on watching your podcast. I want to see what the spooky stuff's about. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you on to talk about some other stuff, more, more related stuff to this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, have a good night. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, right, you have a great one, okay? Okay. Bye, girl. Bye-bye. All right. So I hope I was able to teach you guys a little bit about you know what's going on. And it's not just me coming on here and complaining about my my you know my pain management people or anything like that. It's happening to everybody. It, you know, this is what everybody goes through. So I hope I was able to enlighten you. Tomorrow, um, I'm gonna be probably reading out of the book. You know, like I said, it's gonna take me a while to get the guest bookings going and get things rolling. So we'll be reading out of that that uh that the, the, the Rudy Kipling book, and uh, we'll be continuing with that. But I want to thank you all for coming tonight and listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the likes, uh, Linda, Karen, and uh, let me get back in here. Uh, just, 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 yeah, <laughs> Linda, Karen, and uh, Nancy. Yes, Nancy Thames. Thank you for the likes. I really appreciate it. That helps, with, like I said, with the FYP. Um, again, uh, give me an hour or two for to update uh, Meetup because Nancy Matz, I said, you know, uh, for the February thing with Nancy Matz, where she's going to be doing those readings and the Haunted History. So I have to get over to Meetup and uh, get all that set up. So just give us some time. And if you want to find it, it's California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup. And that's what, that's what you type in. But thank you all. And I will see you tomorrow live at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I really appreciate you guys coming. See you then. Let me uh, clear this up. All right. I'll see you then. Have a great one. <laughs>